my name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. You laugh every time I do that. That's because you do it so I laugh. That's because I'm such a good singer at saying do to do to do do. I was singing before we started and you told me to stop. So, Zen Parenting Radio. It's a podcast. You didn't. Sorry, did I, was, you listen, I, I wasn't even listening. I said. Communication. That's the key to all marriages. What's that? What's that thing in Dumb and Dumber where he's like, um, yeah. <laughs> He's like, she was telling me that I wasn't, that I'm not a good listener. And he's like, I don't know what she's saying. I wasn't really listening. (laughs) I wasn't really paying attention. (laughs) Lloyd Christmas. Is that Jim Carrey? No, Lloyd doesn't say that. Um, What's Jeff Daniels' name? name says it? Gosh. The sequel's coming out. I know. It looks pretty. But we're not going to talk about that sequel. We're going to talk about Zen Parenting Radio. It's a podcast. Number 197? Seven. That's right. Ah. Uh, Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, seven, nine, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. Right, sweetie? Uh Uh-huh. And always remember our motto. Okay. The best predictor of a a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Yep. And you know what else is the best predictor of someone's well-being? What? Their own self-understanding. Do you know what I mean? Like we're talking about well, the where it's just about a child's predictor yeah. of wellness. Oh, the but best if you, predictor of anybody's well-being that's right, is their, is own, their self. own self-understanding. Yeah, this really isn't a parenting show. So for those of you who... <laughs> got a secret. This for is those really of, about parenting. For those of you who um, think this is a parenting show, it's really not. It's a self-understanding show. It's a, it's a self-understanding and self-worth show because if you can understand yourself and notice why uh, n- notice why you do what you do, but also embrace who you are, then that trickles down to your children and therefore it becomes a parenting show because everything that we are is what our children experience. That's right. So, so we're going to talk about two pretty big topics this week. Um, one is going to be a little challenging to encapsulate. It's a, it's a little... Ted and I have been talking about it as Zen Parenting 301 instead of 101. Not 101, not 201. This no. is 301. This is graduate school. Because it's going to be easy to misconstrue what we're saying. Yeah. But we're um, going to do it anyway. We're going to do it. And then you just got back from the Emerging Women Workshop. Conference. Sorry. Conference in New York, New York. How was that, sweetie? Oh, I love New but York. But we're not going to talk about it yet. Oh. But was it a good conference? It was great. But we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Fantastic. And um, we have our 200th podcast coming up in about a month. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's a pretty big show. And you have a book coming out. Around the same time. Around the same time. It might even be ready by I then. I know, I know. And what's the name of the book? Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, which is what we were just saying about what this show is. If you don't have to focus on, this is how I want to parent my kids, this is what I want to teach my kids, you get to embrace it for yourself and become who you know yourself to be. It's not about be it's not about doing. It's not about working harder. It's none of that. It's embracing who you are, recognizing who you are, respecting who you are. And if you do that, you create a better relationship with your children and a better relationship with everybody around you, which in turn makes the it a lot easier for the universe to rise up and meet you, which is from the alchemist, but you know what I'm trying to say. We're going to um, interview a guy named Alfie Cohn mm-hmm. in a few days, mm-hmm. and we're going to put the podcast up in the next few weeks. But one teaser is, one phrase he uses is, do um, working with parenting as opposed to doing to parenting. Yes. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. People get confused when I talk about, you know, here's what we can do to be better parents. They'll say, oh, I'm just so tired. I'm already doing so much. And I'm like, you don't need to do more. Right. You just need to start to move from doing to being. You need to swim downstream. 
We are used to rowing upstream. Well, I was going to say, you don't even need to swim. You need to let you go need of to the flo- oars. You need to float on your back. You need to, as... as Everybody, stop what they're doing and just float <laughs> on their back. You know what, Todd? As funny as it sounds, it's the truth. I used to go see this uh, workshop. Do you know who Abraham Hicks is? Yes. Okay. So for some people, it's a little out there. Yeah. Okay. But it's this uh, this woman who channels this spirit yeah well it's it's um, it's many energy. many many energies right. and they're basically offering her information about how to live this life with joy and again i know it's 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 a far reach for some people but the message is just amazing yeah, forget about how she got yeah, there it, the message is beautiful and what she she talks about is how we're always rowing upstream mm-hmm. we're rowing against what we're what we are we're moving towards suffering because we're not accepting we are trying to do more Rather than just be, let go of the oars and go with the stream. Float on your back. Yeah. Um, so your book is coming out sometime soon, and there will be more In to hear about that weeks. soon. Yeah, believe me, when I know things, you will know. But it's going to be coming out soon, so we'll give you information on how to get it. And always remember our marketing strategy, sweetie, which is we don't have one. We just our do nothing. Marketing strategy. We row down. We go downstream. Downstream. We float on our back. Our marketing strategy is to have our listeners tell a friend about our show. And to, if you want to do a, um, we get these lovely, lovely um, reviews on iTunes. They're so kind. Yeah. And that helps a ton. Um, By sharing your positive experience, it helps people find the show on iTunes. This is what Alexandra, I usually don't read them, but we only have one this week, so I'll read it. Alexandra gave us five stars. I discovered Zen Parenting a couple months ago, and I'm loving it. Each and every podcast gives me something to think about and a new tool to try out on my 11-year-old twins. Even when I think the topic might not be something I'm interested in, it never fails to grab me and stimulate me. It makes me a better me every time I listen, and even my kids notice when I try a new approach, and they now ask me, is this from Zen Parenting? <laughs> the other day, my daughter loved my new approach so much, she said, I love Zen Parenting. Aww. Listening and learning from you guys makes me happy. Thank you so much for all you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Thank you, um, like you Alexandra. Alexandra. What nice. she should do is she should get her kids to do that testimonial and share it on our website, the speak pipe. We have like a microphone yeah. on our website and then we'll play her kids saying Or it. Alexandra, you can also just like tape it into your phone and then email it to comments at sendparentingradio.com. All right. I feel bad because we haven't um, started. Feel bad. I mean, I feel good. Okay. I didn't mean to feel bad. Well, I think that... It's very important for the... I think the people who love our show are going to listen to a good chunk of it, but the newbies, somebody might be listening to this for the first time and they want to hear what we have to say. Okay, let's go. So let's go. say it. So I want to talk about the more complicated thing first. Oh. Are you okay with that? Well, kind of, but I... Okay. Okay. Yes. Who's going to start this? This is an idea that you and I have been bouncing back and forth in the last day or so. Well, I will, I will kind of try my best to explain because I was bringing it up last night and I had an example okay. last night. So one thing that Todd and I are recognizing is we have a lot of a lot of people that we work with and a lot of friends and you know we've just we've been hearing some things about couplehood lately that we have found somewhat interesting and I've been hearing this from couples my whole professional life and that is oftentimes one member of the couplehood sometimes it's the dad sometimes it's the mom does things or makes choices to overcompensate for the other Meaning for the others, um, in inadequacies, inadequacies. Okay. So my example that I can give is that maybe, um, like my girlfriend shared with me the other day that she was saying, 
one of her sons doesn't like to be in a certain sport, but she really wanted her son to take the sport because if he takes that sport, then he will be able to spend more time with his dad. And that ends up being her goal. Because the dad likes basketball. Right. So I'm going to put this kid in basketball. Right. I'm going to put him in basketball because then he and his dad will have something to do together. And so he's going to be in basketball. And while the intention and the love is good, right. what she's doing is she's harming her relationship with her child and potentially not listening to what her child wants to make up for what the dad isn't able to do, which is form, form a relationship with his son based simply on his son being who he is. Right. And so what she's doing is spending a, exerting a lot of energy taking on what her husband is unable to do. And what ends up happening is I think everyone ends up losing because the dad then isn't asked to be brought to the plate and say, you know, he basically gets to just keep doing what he's doing and nobody questions that. The mom ends up straining her relationship with her son because everything she's doing is in a, is based on, I want you to have a better relationship with your dad. And the son ends up not having a, he doesn't really want to do the sport, he would like to have a better relationship with his dad and doesn't. And his relationship with his mom is strained because she's more focused on helping the dad. Right. So do you see how this, why this is 301? Yeah. This is like a lot of, you know, this is unparenting radio, the the higher level graduate school, because this is hard to maybe well, get your I, arms well, around. I get confused because you and I talked last night about how we also talk about on the show, how we always have to have our partners back. Right. And that's a very different thing. Right. And but it's it, easily confused. It is easily confused. Of course we honor our partner. And the example that you and I always give is if you're saying something to the girls okay. like bedtime at seven. Bedtime at seven. Even though you think bedtime should be at nine. Well no? well that's too general meaning that's all the time. We're no, hopefully one day, oh one day. One day I, bedtime is at seven. So I may say, Okay, uh, you know, your dad has already I, I would like to use something a little less like because that's Hot so extreme. Sunday after dinner. Today, you're like, we're going to go miniature golfing. Right. I don't really want to go miniature golfing, but I'm going to support you in right. something you promised to the girls. First question, how can you not want to go miniature <laughs> it golfing? it was raining. It was misting. It was cold. It was warm. <laughs> <laughs> so It was my, 63 degrees and misting. So my thing to Todd, I am not going to go against what Todd said and says, sorry, girls, I don't want to go or pick a fight in front of them about, I don't want to do that. You didn't, you know, I am going to say, hey, your dad promised you this and I'm going to go along for the ride. Maybe later. And again, this is, I right, don't really need deal, to discuss right. this with you, but maybe later I'd say, can next time, can, can you kind of bring me in on that? that? Because, yeah. or maybe you decide um, that, you know, one of the girls should be in charge of taking out the garbage that morning and the garbage is really heavy and, and I, you know, you say, no, I want them to follow through, but I say, can we talk about this for next time? Like, and I'll back you that right, day. But when you say, can we talk about this for next time? That's between you and I, that's not, between in, you and not I. with an earshot of the kids. The point is, is that of course it's not, we try and get very role focused where or we're black and white or black and white where we're like, this is how you treat your husband. This is how you treat your kid. It's about respect for everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you have to start with respect for yourself and then you respect other people, meaning I am not going to shame you Mm -hmm. in front of the kids. I'm not going to make you look stupid in front of the kids. And I'm not going to like harm our relationship by being super disagreeable Mm -hmm. in front of our children. But if there is something I don't agree with, I am, I am going to speak at a time that's appropriate, maybe later that night and say, listen, what happened today? I backed you, but we need to talk about this because I'm not fully comfortable. Right. The only time this, and I, and again, I know Todd, you get annoyed when I do this, but as a therapist, I have to say the only time this doesn't 
count is if some if a child is being harmed right. physically sure. or if a child is being emotionally abused of sure. course you step extreme in circumstances. extreme cir- yeah. circumstances but for you know for your average day experience now another example that happened yesterday mm-hmm. is that of where we get kind of we we realize we're picking up on our partner's energy is um i'll just say the the exact situation. So JC has a new phone, as you guys know, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. scratch wireless phone, right. which Todd felt very good about getting for her because it's a good step before a a regular like a, iPhone. A true smartphone. A true yeah. smartphone. It's like a great... And Thrifty McSaves Lot got a heck of a deal. He sure did. So I was kind of indifferent, meaning I was happy with the choice that we came up with, but I kind of let Todd do the legwork on that. So JC's had this phone. It doesn't work great. But Shocker. There are times when there, the text hasn't worked. Correct. There are times that the phone hasn't worked great. And in, in important In situations. important times where JC has decided to stay after school and can't get a hold of me and I can't text her and it's caused some disruption that Todd hasn't experienced. I've experienced that. So I told JC, let's continue talking about this phone. Well, she brought it up with with the two of us and Todd's initial reaction was to be like, you don't seem very thankful for what you have. Right. And the reason I said that is because we were going to get her like the worst flip phone, True. old school, you know, get embarrassed at school because it's from like 12 years ago type of phone. Right. And we didn't. We got her one that she can surf the internet on and do these things. It, it's much nicer. Yeah. It's, it was new. Yeah. But I kind of stopped Todd and, and I didn't, again, I wasn't like... I didn't do exactly what we were just saying not to do. I just kind of put my arm around him and I said, you know what? I think what she's trying to say is that it doesn't fully work and it's not about appreciation. But because I could feel Todd's energy around she's not grateful, which Todd has a – you have a thing about that. Yeah. Being grateful for things. And a lot of times when we want our kids to be grateful for things, we end up shaming them Mm -hmm. or making them feel guilty about questions that they may ask. Right. When they really have every right to say – Hey, my phone – well, the the example you gave – and I know we're getting to the point, but right. like, what if she had socks that had holes in it? Right. I, that's, that's the example I gave to Todd. I said- And that helped me understand where she was coming from. She's saying, this phone doesn't work. She's like, I'm grateful but, for- But I'm saying, right. have gratitude for this unworking phone. <laughs> um, so anyways, go ahead. Well, and, and to Todd's point, just to explain that point is he was like, but we got her a brand new phone. And I said, well, imagine we got her some socks, but they had holes in them. Because mm. basically this phone has holes in it, doesn't mm. work. And she, of course, is grateful for the holy socks, but at the same time, they don't keep her feet warm. Right. So it's not, she's not saying, hey, dad, buy me a new TV and a new car. By the way, holy socks, I can't stand I holy know. socks. I know. Oh my gosh. You know who can't stand holy tights? Skylar. Well, I'm... So one of our kids does not mind when there's big holes in their socks. They've all gone through phases where Ugh. they've gotten over it. Ugh. But for the most part, we also go through stages where they can't tolerate. I don't even like when the material gets thin. I know. The worn down sock. So let me finish this point. because You don't want to keep talking about socks? Because <laughs> this is Zen Parenting 301. So you went to the kitchen. Because I felt Todd's need for her to feel grateful. JC and I ended up in the kitchen and she ended up kind of continuing, perpetuating the conversation, you know, like, gosh, it just doesn't work, mom. And I just don't have this. And because I didn't want him to hear, I was like, okay, we're going to stop talking about this right now. My normal response wouldn't have been that at all. Keep talking. But I felt like I didn't want Todd to hear because I didn't want him to get upset and I didn't want end up. And believe me, Todd doesn't get like angry. I rage. He does not. But I could just, you know. I didn't want to bring him in and I wanted her to just stop talking about it. You were being protective. I was being protective of Todd 
And I was being protective of JC by not wanting that conversation to continue. And I wanted her to understand, stop talking about this. But later that night, Todd and I were talking about it. And I realized all of the choices I made in that five minutes was based on other people's needs. Because the truth was, I was fine with talking about it. And I could have validated everything she said. And JC probably would have been fine continuing to talk about it. Of course. She was trying to talk about it. And I shut her down to protect you. Right. And that's not Todd's fault. Right. I made that choice, right. but I needed to talk with him about it later that night about, you know, I re- and, and I said, I take full responsibility because I made this choice, but I want you to understand that I do that sometimes. And what we have found, just like the example I talked about with my friend, the girlfriend who's trying to get her son to do something to make her husband happy. A lot of times we make our choices based on what we think other people mm-hmm. need us to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we can't take other people into consideration, but the whole gist of this show is how would stay true to yourself? How would you respond? Ground yourself. And when I say ground yourself, I mean, you know, don't be too worried and scared and, and ground yourself and try and be true to what you would say Okay. or true to who you are. So I just wrote down, allow authentic relationships to flourish. So let's go back to this pretend situation that you have a friend who signed up their son for basketball because the dad likes basketball. Everything you said is true, how it's harming the relationship between mother and daughter, but what it's also doing- Mother and son, it was their son. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, mother and son. What it's also doing is it's not allowing that dad to feel the ramifications of being distant from his son. He's like, well, this is being done for me. Exactly. And you know, this is one small example, but you almost have to allow- not good family dynamics to occur. I mean, is that too it's strong? That, it's not that you're going to create a negative dynamic. It's that, do you see how if you make those choices- The relationship has to stand on its on own. On its own. And if you make those choices, you end up resenting your partner. Yep. You end up straining your relationship with your child. Because in that situation in the kitchen, why I needed to talk to Todd about it is when I realized what I was doing, and that was one time of many. I mean, mm. I've done that before. And you may do that for me occasionally mm. too. You know, like, let's not talk about this because your mom is upset about this. And and sometimes this is where it gets, this is why we say it's 301, because sometimes it's okay to be like, let's choose collectively to not discuss this now. Now is not the best time. Now is not the best time. So we're not saying that you have to pretend that nobody else matters. It's just, you have to, this. you know what this all is, Todd? It's everything we talk about in the show. Self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing what you're doing and why are you saying what you're saying? Because in that moment in the kitchen, I could have continued a very normal relationship with JC and focused on the fact that she and I were having a conversation. But instead, my need for you to feel comfortable mm-hmm. became more important than my conversation with my daughter. And why I think this is tricky is because you did that- um, Out of love for you. Out of love for me. But uh, while well, at the same time, we also talk about being a teammate with your partner. Right. And that's why this is real. Even for me to get my arms around these two right. ideas that seem right. paradoxical, it's not Everything's easy. Everything's paradoxical. Mm. That's what's so crazy is, is that- Is it paradoxical or paradoxical? Uh, I, paradoxical. In, I think it's paradoxical. No, that's not a word, baby. You're not a word. <laughs> Par- paradox is the word. Yeah. If something is paradoxical- P-A-R-P-A-R-A-D-O-X-I-C-A-L. Did you mean to say paradoxal, though? <laughs> That's not a word. You're not a word. Okay. So, see, I'm not supporting your word choice. Yeah, support, um, sweetie. And, you know, a lot of this has to do with what does this come down to? Your own self-respect. 
and your own choices that you are being the most authentic person you can. And sometimes, like Todd said, it it seems to run in, it seems counter mm. to what you've done before. Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive because you're like, well, don't I always need to pr- protect my, your you know, husband my husband? Don't your... I always? And, and maybe there are times when that is the best choice, but you also have to recognize when that's going to a place where you are straining your relationship with your children because of it, and you are also straining your relationship with yourself. Well, in my example, and this isn't a parenting example, or maybe it kind of is that I told you last night is... I used to call my brother and sister and remind them to call grandma or their mom, our mom or our dad to make sure they wished them a happy birthday. Well, that is not an organic way of going about it. I had to let my brother and sister, and they may have called anyways. They may have been doing it anyway. Yeah, but I made it my job to prop up artificially even though it may not have been this relationship, you, we need to let those relationships Run stand their own course. on their own. And that's hard to do because let me give you a devil, okay. uh, devil's advocate. What if somebody takes our advice and then all of a sudden son and father becoming more and more distant? Sometimes the distance is what will eventually create the coming together. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to do what works for you. You right. can't say I'm going to do it exactly the way Todd and Kathy just said it because then it's artificial in itself. Right. You have to take not the advice of, Uh, We don't offer step-by-step. What we offer is think through when you're saying things to people or making choices. Is this in the best interest of me? Is this in the best interest of my child? Is this in the highest good of my relationship? And those are big. This is, again, this is 301. Mm -hmm. This is like what Todd and I were saying last night is a lot of this self-awareness and self-emerging is you're an onion Mm -hmm. and you're peeling back layers, peeling back layers. This conversation is for the people that feel that they're closer to the core (laughs) where there's, they've peeled back a lot of layers Mm -hmm. and they're getting closer to that middle place where they're really seeing themselves clearly and they can have an understanding of why they make the choices they do. If you're still kind of in the phase of, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm enjoying what you guys talk about, but I feel disconnected from myself and others. This may not make, this, this may, may not, not be, be where you need podcast. to focus. This may not be your favorite one. Um, well, the discussion's good, but it, you may not want to jump to this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I see. You want to like baby step your baby way step. into that. Here's the thing about emerging. And this is very, I love this as a metaphor. Emergence comes in seasons and it comes in stages just like a butterfly, right? You, uh, or a, a, you know, a caterpillar, it takes time and it's different for everyone. And you, if you try and bust open the cocoon to make the butterfly fly away faster, it, it hurts and it gets damaged and it doesn't work. Mm. And seasons are the same way. Emergence for yourself. Sometimes you're in winter and winter is quiet and not a lot happens. And sometimes you're in spring where everything's changing and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so open to all this change. And then you're in summer where you're like, just, you're just rolling with the goodness. And in fall, sometimes you're letting go. Well, it's like the, uh, like the baby chick, uh, pecking, pecking on from the, the inside egg. of the egg, yeah. that, that baby chick needs to struggle and do that. That's if right. mama chick or mama chicken starts pecking at it for them that their chances of survival are probably a lot less they are and that's the thing is everything has its natural way and if we and this is with children and this is with our spouses if we do everything for them if we 
it's okay to take care of them when they're weak, meaning they're sick or they're struggling or they're depressed. You need you. They may need propping up sometimes. But if that is our constant mo, if that's our constant way of being, then we have to have these discussions and we have to recognize why we're doing what we're doing and say, you know what, I'm feeling a strain with our son or our daughter because of what you are unable to do. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to now focus on me, meaning making sure that I am in my integrity, and I'm going to focus on strengthening my relationship with my daughter. Well, and what I wrote down is allow your partner to suffer the consequences of maybe that partner being absent, either emotionally or physically or whatever. It, yes, because... But, but, but that's, if you wait for... if you. If you take that advice to the extreme, that may not be the best either. And that's, but again, this is why I'm talking about emergence is slow. Mm -hmm. This isn't like, and this is what you have to understand is that suffer the consequences sounds so harsh and something we want to like turn away from like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't want anyone to suffer consequences. It's not always dirty and ugly. Mm -hmm. They just get to feel that disconnection because no one's doing the work for them. And then they could say, oh, wait a second. I need to make a choice to step right, up here. Yes. But if everyone is doing the work for them, and this is at your children or your spouse, they never feel they're like everyone's doing the work for me. So why bother? Yeah. And that's like the little the chick inside the that's egg. That's the like, chick in the egg. That's that's mama chicken poking from the outside. That's like you propping up me artificially or right or you propping up your brother and sister right. artificially when they may not have even needed it yeah. that's the other thing is here's the piece that we may be missing we may be doing all that and the people don't even need us to do it right. and they would prefer if we didn't like you and I used to talk about you know moms would go away for the weekend and leave their um spouse. their spouse a list of yeah. here's all the things you need to do here's what the kid needs to wear here's where you need to go let them do struggle. that. Let them struggle. And, and and then when you get home, allow them to tell you about their experience and don't, not only that, but if they struggled, don't make them feel bad about that or shame them. Right. Understand that, that if you are compassionate with their experience, they will be compassionate with yours. Sometimes we've created a dynamic already that's so combative and so competitive mm-hmm. that your your onion is really thick and you may have to peel back some layers first of practicing empathy with each other. Right. Um, but I guess what Todd and I want to say in a nutshell, because again, I know he and I are still having a hard time wrapping our right. brains around this. So it's okay if you're like, what? But what we're saying is be conscious of why you make your choices with certain people, because you may be harming a relationship with someone you love based on what you think another person's needs are and you're not helping anybody in the process. Can I tell a quick story Please. before we move on? Is there yes. anything else that you want to say no, about that's this it. topic? I, do you think that was clear? I don't know. Where we, we just went in a circle. I don't know. Who knows? We're just trying our best It here. felt right. Okay, um, good. One quick story as far as the allowing part of yeah. parenting. Um, I picked up my youngest at school on Friday and she said that she had a tough day at school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, red flag goes up. I'm like, ooh, my... Seven-year-old had a tough day. I need to find out. I need to fix, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't really want to tell you. I And that was hard for me. And I said, okay. I mean, even though it was hard, like, and in my mind, I was like, how am I going to ask Can, the question in right. a different way? How am I going to convince her how to tell me? How am I going to convince her to tell me? <laughs> but I let it go. I, I stepped into my discomfort zone and let it go, even though I was very curious to hear what happened. And 36 hours later, she just kind of told me. Wow. You you allowed, you created space. Yeah. And it wasn't like a huge deal, but you know, somebody wasn't being nice to somebody, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so just 
it's, it's weird how like you're just so ready to be a parent when you pick your kid up from school. Mm-hmm. Like you're ready to go. And in that moment, she didn't want me to do or say anything. And then 36 hours later, she shared. You know, one thing that I say, because the girls actually say that a lot, where they'll be like, um, you know, how was your day? Not good. You know, do you want to share? No, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, no problem. Um, when you're ready, I'm here. Yeah. That's or it. if you're ready. And that's it. And Let then go. Get com- get, and then be okay with the silence that ensues after that. And get comfortable with the discomfort of knowing that your child is hurt. And a lot something. of the times when you just shut up, even on that same car ride, they'll, start they'll say it. But if you badger with questions, they'll resist. Exactly. All right. Um, so our first partner is Dr. John Kelly, and he has a workshop coming up. Um it's called How Is Your Child Sleeping? It's an interactive workshop for parents. It's on Wednesday, October 22nd. You and I are going to be on yep, it, uh-huh. learning stuff about um, the sleeping habits of your child and how it affects certain things. Um, so the homework for the listeners mm-hmm. is listen to your children sleep. And if they snore or if they breathe through their mouth while they're sleeping, um, you know, things like that, this will be discussed and it will be an interesting hour of time. And we were with Dr. Kelly today because Cameron was getting some work done on her expander. And he said that, that people can ask questions too. Yes. So you can also bring your questions. I don't know how many or if all of them get answered, but if you have one, bring it. So it's a fifth, it's 15 bucks mm-hmm. for an hour. Um, and the registration information will be on our show notes. So zenparentingradio.com. Click sl- on this show. Slash 197. And you can register because we'll be on it. So do it with us. All right. And then our other partner real quick is Tree of Life. Um, that's our chiropractor, Dr. Kelly. Um, she has a workshop coming up also. Our partners are having these awesome workshops. That's because they're educators. This is called Raising a Stress-Free Family in a Stressed-Out World. It's on November 11th at 10.15. So that will also be in our show notes. Um and their phone number is 630-941-8733. Dr. Kelly, she does all our adjusting on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Dr. Kelly's. Dr. Kelly and Dr. Kelly. Kelly, 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 K-E-L-L-Y. Why? Do you know what that's from? It is from Cheers. Who sings it? Woody. Very good. What's the next line after he says why? I don't remember. I think he says because she's Kelly, 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 (laughs) Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. I got to find that. He wrote that song. So sweetie, where were you this weekend? So this weekend I was in uh, New York, New York at a conference called Emerging Women. I attended this same conference last year. Um, It was in Boulder, Colorado, or it was in Denver, Colorado last year. And um, I loved it so much last year that I signed up. (laughs) What's happening? This is Woody at the piano. I don't know how long it's going to take. Kelly, my darling, you are my sunshine. Together I feel fine Your smile is so lovely Your hair is so clean Your hair is so clean <laughs> You make me feel That the whole world is mine Kelly, 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 Kelly <laughs> Kelly, 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 Kelly K-E-L-L-Y because you're killing, killing, killing. <laughs> I did it. Oh, you did. Good right. job. Sorry, Good memory. Right, okay. Go ahead. So, are you going? Do you have anything you're going to interrupt me with? As of right now, no. Good. So, this conference, the focus, it was um, all about emerging female leadership. 
Um, the people who speak are, you know, obviously top people in the field. Uh, Brene Brown spoke on Thursday night. Ariana Huffington spoke. Um, many new people that are huge players in the global um, global awareness of women's rights who I had never heard of before but definitely know now. Um, and uh, also Chris Carr was there. Uh, Danielle Laporte was there. Gabrielle Bernstein was there. Just a lot of speakers. Um and I think what in sad uh, sad note was that Maya Angelou was supposed to be there. She was supposed to speak on Friday night. When you know better, you do better. That's right. And as you guys know, she passed away. So we had a lot of discussion, or there's a lot of discussion around her as a leader. And one thing that was um, said uh, by one of the speaker, speakers, which I thought was so true, is that we now as a society have moved out of the age of celebrity, meaning someone like Maya Angelou could speak the words of wisdom and spirituality and you know how we need to change our lives. And she was kind of held up as a celebrity. But now we are in the age of the citizen. The citizens have to start doing this. Mm. We can't just wait for celebrities to speak this truth about not just about women's rights, but about gender equality for both men and women and about um, living from our heart and not just from our head and focusing on um, our our moral compass and our understanding of what makes the world a better place um, in regards to being loving. And, and, and there's a lot of talk about feminine at these workshops. And feminine doesn't just mean women. It means trusting feminine characteristics men have them too yep. trusting our gut trusting the way to trusting that when you feel enjoy doing something when you're enjoy and something feels easy and good that's good meaning maybe that's your vocation right. or maybe you're exactly right then you're rowing downstream mm -hmm. you've let the oars go but so often when we're in joy and we're doing things and they come easy we think we're not suffering enough and that's a very masculine tendency mm -hmm. and we've picked that up yeah it's weird like sometimes like whether yoga poses or whatever sometimes when i happen to be able to do a yoga pose very easily i, I you'd feel like you have I, to push yourself I, well i minimize it i'm totally. like well this isn't that big of a deal but it's just because my body happens to do this one well so i mean exactly and and you'll be in it and you'll be like this isn't hard enough or i'm not pushing myself enough it doesn't mean as much we have somehow put together suffering Equals. and success right and the true meaning of success is internal, not external. It's how you're feeling. Success is a life of joy. Success is a life, instead of making a living, success is making a life mm -hmm. and help, and having a doing work that makes you feel good about who you are. Doesn't mean you don't have hard days. You know, dude, Todd and I have all these parts of our business that I'm like, this Suck. I could do without. Yep. But I wake up every morning being so happy to do what I'm doing because – and it has nothing to do with anything except that I love it. Mm -hmm. And if Todd and I didn't do this work, I'd be doing this on the side anyway. Right. I've been reading these books since I was however old, 16, and I've been enjoying these documentaries and I've been appreciating women's work. And so it would have been my hobby anyway. So the fact that I get to do it – and I'm not saying this so you go, oh, great, Kathy – you do it too. Right. I'm talking to you guys. 
go out and do what you love. And if you, if you're in a, a kind of work where you're like, well, I can't completely do that, incorporate yourself into it. Yeah. Bring that part of you that finds joy into your existing vocation. Yes. We, we're so role-based where we feel like we need to be a certain way at work, a certain way at home, a certain way with our kids. And we've completely separated ourselves and we've like broken into pieces. And the whole feminine idea is bringing us back to wholeness. And, and that's for men too. But the, that's feminine means caregiving and loving and and holding and supporting and that's the piece that men need to reincorporate and that's neat that's the piece that women have to honor and trust Mm -hmm. so that's what the conference was about um you know, there's a lot of discussion, as you guys know from this show, about how modern science and research is validating ancient, uh, you know, ancient wisdom. You know, all these values and ancient wisdom that we've learned through poetry and that we've learned through, um, you know, even religious uh, information, but also through self-help. Now there's research to back all these things up, mm-hmm. you know, finding... Which is great. Because we talk about these things because it feels right. right. But when science backs it up, it helps the naysayers. It does. And when Ariana Huffington was speaking, she said her book Thrive, and I have it. It's very good, by the way. In the very back, um, there's like 20 pages just full of the research about Mm. what she's talking about. She's like, I don't want anyone to question me. She goes, I'm tired of people saying that it's a bunch of woo-woo. Here is the research. And she talked all about how we need to sleep. Her new thing is she runs the Huffington Post, just in case you don't know her, among many other things. And she sleeps eight hours a night. She has no technology on Sundays. And she puts her technology away and doesn't have in her bedroom from 7 o'clock till she wakes up. And you would think, how is that possible? She's made it possible. That's what she means about creating a life instead of making a living. Mm -hmm. She has taught people how to treat her. And that's because she basically fell apart. She, She passed out cracked her head on a table mm-hmm. and that was her wake-up call and everyone has different wake-up calls right um so i think that the you know final thing i want to say about it because there's so there were so many speakers um but they all kind of had the same kind of idea that success is internal it's how you're feeling about yourself that's what makes a good life and then that ends up being what you spread to others live live what you want other people to learn mm-hmm. right you know the whole gandhi thing be the change and um the the most important thing that i took away from this weekend is to question any limiting beliefs those limiting beliefs i actually have a chapter in my book that's coming out and it says the prob it, the chapter is called the problem with yeah but no matter what i tell people people tend to come back with, yeah, but that works for you, but that won't work for me. Right. And I understand. I've done that to people too. I know where it comes from. But you have to be willing to question your limiting beliefs. That won't ever work. My husband will never do that. My Rem- kids will never rise to the occasion. Whenever Bruce Bruce Lipton, James Lipton on Inside the Actor's Studio, mm-hmm. you know, he does the greatest hits or whatever. And he asks all these actors who have risen to the top of their craft, what their favorite word is. And what's the word that most of them say? What? Yes. Yes. So the yeah, buts are the no's. Absolutely. And, you know, don't tell me why something can't work. Tell me why something might be able to work. And the whole idea is coming to anything with somewhat of an empty cup. Um, You know, the whole, uh, I think it's a Buddhist story, but it's been translated into, you know, People tell it differently, but the the version I like is how when you are meeting someone, instead of arriving with a full cup, 
where, well, the the story is, is that someone um, shows up to talk to the Buddha and they have tea Mm -hmm. and he's pouring tea in his cup. And then the cup starts overflowing. And the the guy's like, what? My cup's overflowing. You're pouring in too much. And he said, that's, I, you know, how, how do I explain that? That is your brain. I'm having, I'm having a loss for my metaphor. Um, Help me explain. Uh, Nothing can get in. Right. That's it. It's full. Yeah. That's okay. I completely I like lost it. Okay. I know you were like, what? I've yeah. never heard this. So it's completely full, meaning I can't give you any information because your cup is mm. completely full and overflowing with what you think is real. When the cup is full, stop pouring. Exactly. Or even more than that, come arrive with a little less in your cup so you can take something new in. So how do you empty your cup? I empty my cup by listening and I empty my cup by questioning my limiting beliefs. Mm. When someone is telling me something and I'm like, ugh, that would never work or ugh, they don't even feel that way. My first, that's that uh, that's my judgmental part mm-hmm. of myself. And we all have that. You know, or I'll be like, oh, that's so annoying. And then my big question to myself is, how do you know? And I'm talking about myself. Yeah. How do you know that they didn't mean that? Or how do you know that that wouldn't work? Or why do you think you have all the information? You know, when people on Facebook, you know, someone will say, here was my experience. And a million people will write, well, that's not true because in my experience. And I'm like, well, wait a second. That's your experience. And that was their experience. And so question, this may have worked for you, but something else may have worked for someone else. Do you know what I mean? I do. I'm with you. And, you know, when people say, I can't ever get a new job, no one would hire me. How do you know? That's a limiting belief. Well, and even the uh, idea of might. Well, I might be able to get that job. Or try. I might be, or I'll try to get that job, or I'll try to catch that ball, or I'll try to make that free throw. Right. Say you're going to make it. Yeah. And when you make it, that's good. Celebrate. And if you don't make it, Say, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to do it again. You're going to do it again. Right. Yeah. It's hard to not use the word try. I When I talk to my college students about not using the word try, while I'm teaching it, I use the word try like 10 times and yep. they laugh. It's really hard because it's ingrained it's in a, our vocabulary. It's a big, yeah, it's a big word. We use it to protect ourselves. We say try. So in case it doesn't work out, it's our little self-protection. Right. So, um, you know, I think that's really the... Um, <laughs> Are you going to play Yoda? Always with you what cannot be done. Hear you nothing that I say. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. That's right, Yoda. God bless that, Yoda. I know. Um, our last partner is Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Their number is 630 630- Nine five six eighteen hundred, and it's avidco.net. So just the final note, success is an inside job, Todd. That's right. Success is not the external. People, Lots of people have the there's external. Pl- plenty of people who have, there's plenty of people who have uh, external success, quote unquote success. And are very unhappy. Are lost. They are lost. And there's plenty of people who are homeless on the street that are wildly successful. In ter- because they are, they are making their own choices. They appreciate who they are. And see, a lot of people, right, they're hearing that. They go, well, that's impossible. Someone on the street isn't happy. Mm-hmm. Question yeah. yourself. Some people are. Maybe not everybody. Right. But there are some people that live very small lives mm-hmm. that are extremely happy. Yeah. And if you don't believe us, see the documentary, Happy.
That's right. Because it it talks about that and what we believe success to be and what it truly is. So we need to close the show there, sweetie pie. All right, I'm done. Um, a few promotional items is, what are we promoting? We yeah. already talked about my book. Um, don't forget that if you shop on Amazon, go to our website first. Uh, there's a search box in the lower right-hand corner. Just do your search through our website and then um, it'll bring you to the Amazon page. But It'll give BU Incorporated, which is our company, a small commission, even though it won't cost you anything more. So make sure you do that. Do the iTunes review. Um, we don't have any events coming up, which is kind of a bummer. But actually, I we have, don't? No. Well, no screenings or documentaries. I have a few ideas, though. Okay. Um, I have my men's retreat. So if you're a dude and you're listening to this um, show and you like it, um, we I have some people coming in from all over the place to come to our retreat, which is in the last weekend of February. So uh, that information is on the show notes as well. I was going to say we have, even though no one can sign up for it, we do because it's already it, it's completely full. But we have a BU um, event this Friday, mm-hmm. and it's for the girls who are in our BU leaders, and we're doing a night of be your own hero. So we do have events, but they're full. <laughs> yeah, not like big community screenings. Yeah, so I think yeah, that's yeah. What I was getting. Oh, at. got it. Um, and then what else do I want to do? Um, I don't know. All right. I guess that's about it. All right. Zen Parenting 301. We pushed some limits. That's right. Hopefully it made sense to you. We're emerging, you and I. That's right. One day at a time. One day at a time. We're peeling that onion. Peeling that onion. You know what I say to that? What? Keep trucking.